How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 98 of TLDR Podcast. We're sitting here just about to start the second round of the NHL playoffs, about to start the third round of the M- uh, NBA playoffs, and then we're the thick of it um, in the uh, in the MLB season. Um, MLB is starting out pretty interesting. We're seeing we're seeing some interesting teams do some great things. Seeing some teams kind of already start to fall back pretty uh, pretty quickly. Uh, same thing. I mean, so you could say the same thing for uh, for some of these playoffs. I mean, we saw five game sevens in the NHL playoffs, two in this last um, um, NBA uh, series, I believe. Um, so we had seven game sevens in one weekend, which is absolutely insane. And most importantly, we celebrated Alex. Alex's uh, wedding, Alex and Ashley's wedding. Um, all three of us um, here were at that wedding, and um, and you know, so, so we got to we got to pass our congratulations on to Alex, who's still on a hiatus, but he did say to me the the other night that he might be coming back. So uh, so excited. Not, not hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold my breath yet. We're gonna see where where uh, how how everything goes, but um, you may see Alex in the future in this in the near future. Um, but James, we, we drove all the way up to, uh, up to slow, uh, played some golf the, the morning before, and then had some, had some wine and then had a great time at the wedding. Um, how, how was your weekend, man? I mean, I spent pretty much every second with it, of it with you, which is, you know, great. Uh, a lot of fun. Wedding was great. Golf was hard. Like it was, it's called a Villa beach, bro. You see the beach one time on that course, when but it was hard because you know, when you drive in, <laughs> It's a left-handed course, man. And uh, I think Trayton should have dominated, but he did not. Uh, <laughs> very hard course. <laughs> but if you ever want to play there, let's go play there. It's fun. It's a good time. Wedding itself was phenomenal. Uh, great drinks, great people. Met a lot of people that I'm in fantasy leagues with. So if you're all listening, like Matt, Matt Murphy, great dude. Awesome. Like one of my favorite guys that I've met at that wedding. And I play him. I've known him on fantasy, like hockey and fantasy baseball for like the last four years but I got to like meet a lot of the people that I've known through fantasy. So that was, that was really exciting. David Marr is really cool too. A lot bigger than Alex Marr, even though David <laughs> Marr is a little brother. David Marr is massive. Um, overall, great time. Thank you again, Alex and Ashley for inviting us, me and Trayden. I feel like we're, we made the cut because it was a lot. It was like a pretty small ceremony with mostly just family and like close friends. And then there's me and Trayden. So, I mean, that was kind of <laughs> cool. It was enjoyable. And, uh, Definitely would do that weekend all, all over again, 100%. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Um, Alex, beautiful wedding. I know you're not on here, but uh, I know you'll listen. Um, Tyler, you were up there right with him. Um, and I know that he really appreciated that. How was your uh, experience? Is it was is this one of your first time being a groomsman, I assume, right? It was. First time being oh, a groomsman. Yeah. Um, it was great. I love the experience. Uh, Alex Nash did a fantastic job. Um, obviously, I can't speak for for the bridal party, but uh, my girlfriend was in the bridal party, and I know she had a great experience with it. Um, I mean, gorgeous venue out there, the you know whole kind of panoramic view of the vineyards out there in, in that beautiful wine country in Central California. Uh, couldn't have picked a better location. Uh, super happy for that couple too. I mean, Alex and Ashley are awesome, um, so I'm super happy for them, uh, and I was just honored to be a part of it. It was great. All I, all, all I had to do was not trip going down the aisle and just stand there and not faint. Uh, so that was good. I did that. So it was you great. Did. Yeah. I mean, you, you did better. almost throw up later on though. So, I mean, that was on you. Yes. Yeah, I did, but I didn't. So I, I but, held it together and it was all good, but even better. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately Alex didn't, um, did 
and have a videographer and no one recorded this, but Al, uh, Tyler and Jess were in perfect lops, lockstep, stepping at the same time with the same foot. It was like, it, it was like they're on the same wavelength. Yeah. Um, I guess like, you get that when you're, when, when you're dating a, a dancer, you kind of get that, the, the, uh, yep. the wavelength in terms of, uh, in terms oh, yeah. of that kind of stuff. So we were locked in. You guys look beautiful. The whole wedding was beautiful. And that was a lot of fun. Um, at the same time, there were a few game sevens going on. Um, and so uh, it, was, it was, you know, it was, it was pretty interesting for me. Um, and, and I guess you guys as, as Kings fans. Um, um, so that was quite interesting. Did not take away from, from what, what a beautiful wedding it was. Um, we're going to dive right into the podcast right here, guys. Um, we're going to, we're going to hold off on the, uh, we're going to hold off on the playoff stuff until the next two um, segments. We want to open up with Tyler. He hasn't had a chance to shine right off the bat here. No, no pun intended. Um, there is no <laughs> NBA. I'm sorry. Yeah, there is no NBA and there is no NHL uh, tonight. So you have a chance to catch up on some baseball, catch up on some sleep before we get back on to the second round of the, of the, um, NHL and the th- third round of the NBA. But until we get to that, let's talk some baseball. Tyler, take it away right away here, bud. Oh, damn. Uh, MLB, we're getting in the second month here. Before we start, James just texted me because I think he wants a little shout out here. He is 5-0 and in fantasy baseball. Probably the best fantasy baseball start he's had of his life after. Ever. You, you won fantasy football, correct? Or you came no, in- I came in second in fantasy football. I won fantasy hockey, though. Yeah, you won fantasy. You came yeah. second in fantasy football. You, uh, you won fantasy hockey, and now you're the last remaining undefeated team in our fantasy baseball league. So James is killing it all things fantasy, but nothing in real life. So I, I, here you go. Oh, just kidding. brutal. Just all kidding. of his picks were bad this week, guys. <laughs> yeah, all of them were bad. No, you guys look great. All of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, a little shout out to James. I won my first game in three weeks, so I feel good. I'm almost. I'm slowly creeping my way up to, to, to 500. I beat Matt Murphy, so you're welcome, Matt. Um, so let's get into the MLB, uh, got, got, uh, three topics we're going to discuss this week. Uh, but before I dig into the three, I just want to sh- give an honorable mention, uh, last night during Sunday night baseball, we saw something pretty cool. Albert Pujols pitched in the game, uh, which was crazy. This is, this is his last season in baseball. Uh, the, the Cardinals were up like 13 to two or something in, in the ninth inning. They just wanted someone to go out there and just throw strikes. And Albert Pujols was like, I'll do it because fuck it. Right. Um, and he went out there and he gave up, I think, like three runs. His, 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 cre- his career ERA is now like 36 or whatever. <laughs> uh, but he did shut down the Giants in there. Not shut down, but, you know, he did secure the win there for the Cardinals there in, in, in the ninth inning. And that was pretty cool to see. Uh, so kind of a, just a cool moment there for, for uh, Mr. Albert Pujols, future Hall of Famer. And now he can uh, say that he pitched in a, in a major league game. Kind of a cool moment. Uh, Evan Longoria got a base hit off of him and he, and he wanted the ball. So just so we could have that moment, say that this is the ball I got a base hit off of, off of Albert Pujols. Kind of cool. Um, so let's dig in to the, uh, the main parts here. I'm going to talk about a team that I know you guys are going to be excited to talk about, the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, they're off to a fantastic start uh, going into today. They are tied for first with the Astros in the division. They're playing some great baseball right now. Um, and last Tuesday night, they had themselves one hell of a night there at Angel Stadium. Uh, Reed Detmers, their 22-year-old, uh, phenom pitcher through the 12th no hitter in Angels history against the Tampa Bay Rays, but that wasn't all that would happen. Anthony Rendon, who is a right-handed hitter, decided to switch it up a little bit, and it was like I'm going to bat left-handed. They had Brett Phillips, who was who was a position player for the Rays. Uh, Angels were up, what was it like nine nothing at that point or something like that. 
um, it was in the, in the eighth inning. No, no, no hitter. Everyone knows what's, what's going on. I think Rendon kind of decided he was probably just going to go up there swinging left-handed on, to try to get out, I would assume. Uh, but instead, he hits a home run uh, left-handed. Uh, pretty wild. I remember getting that update on my phone, and I, the first, I just had to see the video. Um, it, was, it was pretty insane. My favorite part of that whole thing was that he was wearing his shin guard on his left leg the as, wrong if, side. as if he was batting right-handed that he he never made that switch that was my favorite part of that of, of, of that whole thing um so of course the the very next inning uh detmers finished off the uh no hitter can c- congratulations to him uh awesome moment um but guys kind of just i'm interested from you guys as, as angels fans watching that game there's just so many cool memorable exciting moments which of those was more exciting the no hitter or rendon hitting a home run left-handed james I mean, it, it's, it's easy to say it's going to be, it's gotta be the no hitter, right? Uh, Detmers is 22 years of age. Like you had mentioned, he has 11 career starts under his belt and has never gone past six innings on any of those starts. And here he is against the race team. That's a good team. It's not a bad team by any means. They're a playoff bound team for the most part. And he gives them a no hitter. And I think what's phenomenal about that is that it wasn't just Detmers, right? He didn't have a ton of strikeouts. He had a lot of ground balls. The defense behind the Angels was incredible. And it's been that way all season long. I think what actually helped out a bunch, though, is that left-handed hit by Rendon. It took a lot of pressure off of Demers because he he sees this happen. You're like, oh, you have to laugh a little bit. It takes a lot of pressure off to realize the situation isn't that serious. You're going to get the win no matter what happens at this point in time. So go out there and do your thing. If you put too much pressure on a young guy like that, they might crack. Rendon went out there, took some of that pressure off, got a home run out of it, made everybody laugh, and Detmers went out there and just finished it out in three outs. The dude did well. Uh, Rendon's hit was hilarious. But was it most, the most exciting thing? No. When he was up there, I wasn't up there holding my breath to be like, I hope he hits a home run. But for that last inning, I was holding my breath after every single pitch and was like, where's this going? Is he going to go to squid? Is he going to get that out? Where is the ball? Pop fly? Cool. Like you're microanalyzing every single thing. That's what makes it exciting. Drama filled. Love it. Uh, Traden, do you agree that the uh, no hitter was more exciting than the crazy left handed pitching? Yeah, definitely. That's the that's the more exciting part. I mean, like James said, I think I think the the Rendon lefty home run is kind of the cherry on top of the perfect Sunday, right? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the 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 no hitter for at that age is just unbelievable, and. Um, you know, it, it's it's quite an achievement for 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 him, and 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 the team really backed him up as James mentioned. I mean, I think I think he only had two Ks, and the rest were all you know were all um, you know support from his from his defense, which means he's 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 making the ball hard to hard to hit out, but the defense is still supporting him and getting those outs, which is huge. Uh, and, and and it's quite a feat, and it's and and it's just kind of another pillar and another another kind of uh highlight for this angels team that is looking a lot different than even i expected them that uh expected them to look at um our buddy our our good friend matt rivera who who uh who just watched his first angels game of the season yesterday um said the same thing he's like okay this is this is a different team and i think everybody's starting to feel that right um and it actually kind of is interesting because this is a team that's doing things that i don't think that everyone expected and we'll be talking about some other teams that are kind of the opposite and the angels are fitting fitting the bill right now and as long as they can keep believing in themselves and, and keep doing these types of things and rally behind each other and support each other both on and off the, off, off the field 
I'd be worried if I was in that division. I'd be worried if I was in that conference, to be honest with you. Yeah, I love it. I mean, the Angels uh, are up. Oh, they're going to be up 3 nothing now. 0 baby. We just misplayed that ball. Yeah, that was, cool. a, that was a terrible play by that left fielder. I don't know who that is on the Texas Rangers there, but that was bad. Oh, anyway, sorry, yeah, Angels are playing great baseball right now, and I think it's – it's I, I love it. I think both New York and L.A. teams right now are playing great, and I think that's great for, 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 for baseball. It's, it's great for the fans. I am genuinely excited for Angels fans to have something like something good to watch. Should not, not, not just, not just one or two players, but a team that's competing and that's going to be out there fighting. And I like what I see. Like I said, I think it's, it's still early and there's, I think the angels have a lot to prove to really, for me to believe in them is like, okay, they're legit. Um, but cause like I said, it, 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 it's a long season, but man, they, they are exciting to watch. I think they're, I would say top three, I think most entertaining, exciting team to watch in, in the game right now, for sure. Um, so let's go to the flip side. Some teams that aren't doing so good, um, kind of off to some shaky starts teams that all of us, at least one of us predicted to, to make the postseason. They're currently out of that spot, either with, with losing records or really far behind in their division races. Uh, so I got four teams on the docket. I'm going to start with the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, 18 and 17, not the worst record ever, but with that division being, with being how competitive it is right now, they find themselves seven and a half games back of the first place uh, New York Yankees. A lot of people pick this team to win the division. Uh, they're certainly not off to the, to the best start. Also got the Chicago White Sox teams that were just handing this team the, the division. They're 16 and 17 at the moment. Third place in the AL Central, three games back. Uh, the third team I'm going to talk about, the Seattle Mariners. Uh, they're 16 and 19. Third place in the AL West, seven games back currently. And the final team we're going to talk about is the Atlanta Braves, who are also 16 and 19. The defending world champs are in third place in the NL East, six and a half games back. So, like I said, it is early. I wouldn't say any of these teams are off to, I would say, a disastrous start, just not starts that are keeping them competitive currently. And like I said, it, there, there's a lot of season left, um, but sometimes teams get off to slow starts and they never really recover, whether it's just the team they have, whether it's the division they're in is too competitive. There's a lot of moving parts here. And I think one of these teams may be in some trouble or maybe, or maybe none of them are. But I want to ask the guys. So, Trade, I'm going to start with you. Which of these teams that I listed are you the most worried about right now? 100% the Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Jays are drinking the Kool-Aid. Um, they're drinking the Kool-Aid that we all that we all have been drinking the beginning of the season. Like I, I and I'm one of them. And I'm one of them. I pegged this team to go on, and and they're and they and they almost can't get out of their own way at this point. Um, very similar to a to a, uh, to a couple other teams that we've seen that just think that, that they're a little bit mature, that they're, that they're kind of a little laissez-faire that, that if they had just shown up to a, every single game, they probably, they probably be top in the division. I mean, that, that's what, that's what is expected of them, but they are just not very inspired. They're not, they, they look like they're not, it's, it's, and this is coming from fans, mind you. And obviously the eye test means a lot more than just stats guys. And that's, that's the reality of it. Fans are just thinking that they're just, out to lunch that they're just kind of just doing their thing that they're not focused and look there's another team in toronto that that is the king of giving up opportunities (laughs) (laughs) and that just fucking happened again and uh i think that the blue jays have a lot to learn here and they could learn from a team like that that is probably more regarded than than the blue jays at this point i guess right now no because because the blue jays are actually still playing but um, the Blue Jays have they have to get out of this idea that that they, that they can just go out there and their bats will do the work. 
and that they, you know, they just need to, sh- that is, they just need to attend the game and it's fine. No, you need to play the game. You need to, you need to grow up a little bit. Um, don't, you don't need to over celebrate. You don't need to, you don't need to be all, all in your head. Let us take care of that. Play fucking baseball. Look at the angels. That's, that's, that, that's what I guess that's what I was kind of alluding to this whole thing. The angels are, are going out and playing baseball. That's what they're focused on. They, they wake up, they're ready to play, wake up, ready to play for each other. And until if the Brown Toronto Blue Jays don't figure it out, they're not going to make the playoffs at this point because that's a tough division, guys. We've talked about this, and so I'm I'm quite I'm quite concerned. Yeah, I like that pick, especially as you mentioned, especially with the division they're in. The Yankees are playing out of this world right now. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are playing very well. Uh, it's just a tough division. I think the Blue Jays division hopes. I I'm super worried for that. Oh I, yeah. I still think there's it's still early enough to where I'm not too concerned about whether they're make the playoffs or not but you're right they're not playing nearly to the expectations of expecting because we didn't expect this team just to make the wild card spot a lot of most people i think pick the blue jays to win the division so they're not even close to that at the moment uh james what about you what 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 teams of these four are you the most worried about uh, before i touch on i just want to just talk about the blue jays real fast i hear what you guys are saying and i, I get that it looks bad on the exterior right now but let's say it at I think the majority of it is because the Yankees are doing so well. Let's say the Yankees lose three games. And then the, the Blue Jays are only down four and a half games, which is a lot more manageable and a lot easier to, to pallet than seven and a half games. And that's just a difference of three games, right? And I get what you're saying, Trey, and I, I've watched a lot of Toronto Blue Jays games. They're just, they're just sending it. They're not, they're not trying. They're just there. I get that. Uh, but my pick for the slow start and the most concerning would be the Mariners. Reason being, we talked about this entire offseason about the potential and the new acquisitions they have and how much better they're going to be this year. On top of having all those new players, they also have a new manager. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they have a new manager. He was the old A's guy. So this team doesn't have a lot of chemistry. They haven't gelled together as much yet. And so when times get tough, like they are getting now, what, what do they lean back on? All these other teams that you mentioned have been together for some time, have the same manager, know the system. And the Mariners, it's all kind of lopsided. It's calling all over the place. It could be something here. It could be something here. You don't know what to expect. And when times get tough, it's hard to figure out what you're going to do with that. That's the reason why I, right now the Mariners are my scary pick. Like they're, they're struggling right now, and they might continue to struggle until they find what they can trust and lean back on. Every one of the other teams that we just mentioned have that system. Like the White Sox were a great team last year. Pretty much the same guys, same coach. They have a system. Blue Jays, great team last year. They're just not set, they're not trying right now. And the Braves, they were the world champs last year. They made some, they made some moves. Freddie Freeman's gone. They brought in some good, like a good first baseman, good third baseman. They'll put it together eventually. But right now, it's just the Mariners are just pretty new. That's the reason why they're the scariest for me on this slow start. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Also, I, you have to add in, you know, a how good the Houston Astros have looked, especially recently, and the emergence of the Angels. Like you're you're kind of they're, they're kind of in a similar position as as the Blue Jays. We're in there. They're this really competitive division, and if they don't pick up the pace pretty soon, they're going to find themselves in a really deep hole that might be hard to climb out of. Um, and I agree with you. I think the Mariners' reason for how slow they've started is, I think, a lot to do with their youth. Uh, they might have a similar thing with the Blue Jays. Maybe the, the expectations were a little bit too high for them this year, and they're playing a little bit in their heads. And they're not really you know, playing up to expectations. Could be, it could be a, a lot of mental things. I think some of the acquisitions, as you mentioned, James, that they've had have not played to their full potential. Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray in particular, 
Um, he's done a little bit better of late, um, but certainly not the Cy Young caliber performance that he was putting on last year. Um, it really looks like Toronto made the good move in letting him walk and uh, pick him Kevin Gossman because Kevin Gossman's on fire right now. Yeah. So like it, good call. Good call to the Blue Jays. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Seattle is, re- Seattle is reeling a little bit. Uh, like I said, um, I think, I think the only team on this list that I'm not worried about is the Chicago White Sox. I just think that division is weak. I think the, the twins, I'm not sure what to think of them yet. Still. I, I mentioned it several times. They're just they're a team that I feel like can be good, but they're also a team that I feel like it's just, they're off to a hot start and eventually will dwindle. The White Sox had that awful losing streak in uh, April. They're slowly kind of to kind of t- to, to even that out. Um, I think eventually they will overtake uh, the the twins there for for first place. Just give it another three or four weeks. I think you'll even less maybe, um, and you'll find them back on top. Braves, I'm not sure either. I think they will. They're they're a team that historically has gone off to slow starts and then uh, I'm done done well late so i'm definitely not going to count the braves out until the season's over um because you never know when they might make a run but yeah blue jays and mariners to me are the two that i'm the most worried about um i i would agree with your, your guys's picks there um but like i said very early uh we will see if any of these teams can turn it around but certainly some panic there in those cities and those in, in, in those fan bases uh because there's teams in all those divisions that are not slowing down anytime soon uh so you gotta definitely uh keep it rolling um Last oh damn moment here. Uh, the Pirates, the Pittsburgh Pirates, didn't record a hit and they still won the ball game. Uh, gotta love this kind of stuff. Uh, the Pirates beat the Reds one nothing without recording a hit. Uh, the Reds pitcher Hunter Green threw seven and a third hitless innings. Uh, after he was pulled in the eighth inning, uh, three walks and a fielder's choice got the run across for the Pirates in the eighth, uh, and they went on to win one one nothing. Of course, the Cincinnati Reds you know, lose a game while throwing a no hitter because that's just kind of the the kind of season the Reds are having. Uh, This is the sixth time in MLB history. A team has won a game without recording a hit. Uh, The last time was in 2006 when my Dodgers beat your angels one, nothing while being no hit by Jared Weaver way back when I remember, I remember watching that game uh, back when Vince Scully uh, was still still calling games. Um, I was like a middle school or something like that. Um, And I remember watching the whole game and like, this is crazy Uh, has not happened since. So, (laughs) Uh, just kind of your guys' thought on that. Like this, this when you, when you see something like that, does that, does that intrigue you? Is that kind of like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Or do you, is it just, is it amusing? Is it funny? Do you, is it like just ridiculous that baseball is the kind of sport that would allow a team to win without getting a hit? Kind of just going, what, what, what is your initial thoughts when you kind of hear this kind of stuff? Uh, James. Well, to be honest, I wasn't overly surprised. You're, you're talking about the Pirates, you're talking about the Reds, two bottom dwellers in the entire league. I mean, the, the Reds were on pace to lose like 136 games or something, right? Something crazy like that. And for the Reds fans to get upset that the manager pulled Hunter Green after 119 pitches is insane to me. Like, this is a young arm, a young talent that you got to preserve. He's also the same dude who throws 100-plus multiple times. And you want him to stay out there longer than 120 pitches? Are you all crazy? He was only at seven and a third or something. Seven and two-thirds. Seven and a third. Seven and a third. That's what the – that's all he was at. That's why. That's all they have. Yeah. Right. But I mean, you're now risking your future future. Like that's <laughs> tough. They just want to and win a 10th game, man. <laughs> yeah. to get cool. Win the 10th game, lose Hunter Green to Tommy John for two years. That sounds great. Uh, but it's absurd to me that they're pissed off by that. And this is what happens. You pirates, reds, bad teams. They honestly should have found somebody, a, a better reliever, man. Like, <laughs> Put in your closer or something. Don't 
put some middle reliever that can go out there and walk three guys in a row. Like that, that's on you. Yeah. Uh, Pirates, good for you. Good for way to stay consistent and not give up after being no hit by Hunter Green. Good for you. But it's, it's on the Reds, man. There was no run support at all. You're pitching through a great game, but you had zero run support. It's on y'all. Yeah, pro- problem with the with the Reds putting in uh, putting in another arm. It's kind of like you know you you trying to find something good to eat, but all the you you only have apples in your fridge that are all rotten, and you just got to pick the one that's least rotten. That's kind of what it is for the Reds. Kind of pick a pick an arm to come out of the bullpen there. Uh, but you, but 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 you're, I, gonna, you're gonna get indigestion either way. Yeah, either way, you kind of you kind you just have to like, oh, fuck. I guess this one's okay, and we'll just go for it. It's gonna suck, but hey, you gotta eat. Uh, gotta finish the ball game. But yeah, I'm I'm also I agree with you. It doesn't surprise me that it is it happened with these two teams. Uh, Trade. Do you feel the same? Is this kind of just crazy to you? Kind of just what what? Bud, you- I'm doubling down on the amount of games that Cincinnati loses. I'm doubling. I I was like I don't even remember games. what you said last time. I, I don't remember either, but I know I was like 20 games worse than you guys. I I I am so far in now because it, dude, it's Cincinnati. This is this is the baseball gods. This is just another step where the baseball gods are like, you know, looking at that, looking at that organization that sold everybody and said, yeah, you you want to you want to fuck around with the fan base? You want to fuck around? Okay, we're gonna give you a fucking loss to. A, to a team that doesn't even get a hit that's absurd and Bro, it's but they just the- doubled their wins in the last week they did they had like a little like four game win streak or something like that oh yeah seven and four in the last yeah, six and four in the last you know what you know what they're 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 in good shape oh my yeah. gosh guys <laughs> like like it's just it's just absolutely hilarious and way way for the pirates to stick with it um it's just it has it had to be the reds right especially because we just talked about them (laughs) because that just made it i was like oh they played the reds i'm like yep that's a team that has nine wins (laughs) so uh yeah um you got you got to take your you got to take your uh you you reap what you sow cincinnati cincinnati and you reap what you sow um when you sell everybody and you piss off the entire fan base this is what you get karma (laughs) it's a bitch um yeah, I agree with you. Like I said, I think the fact that it happened to the Reds is is pretty funny. Um, you know, Hunter Green, I think he's a great up in young in talent coming up through the through the Red system. There, uh, it was good to kind of see him um, pitch very well. I've actually met the dude uh, a couple of years ago. He's from LA area, uh, so he, he put on a camp back when I worked at the MLB Academy. Uh, got to meet him. Super nice guy. Parents super cool. Really tall, huge hands, uh, crazy. Definitely a guy you're like, yeah, you're, you're definitely a pitcher. And I see why you throw 104 miles an hour because you just have this genetic code that allows you to do so. Uh, but either way, super cool guy. Uh, so I definitely wish him all the best um, going forward. But yeah, the Reds suck basically is what's coming down to this. Uh, and this was just kind of, like I said, icing on the cake of what has already been a disastrous 2022 season. So we'll see if it gets even worse. So we'll see. Uh, but that's all I got for MLB uh, for this week, guys. Love it. Um, one uh, one thing I wanted to point out, Tyler, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, this might have been a couple weeks ago. I don't know when I saw when I read this. I, I thought I read the, the, the clipping this morning on my Bloomberg terminal that the that the Oakland A's had 24,000, 2,488 fans attend their game. Um, they're they're wow. at they're at record lows where they're not even breaking 3000 fans. 
Um, some, some, some fans, because they actually raised their prices here that some fans believe that, that it's a conspiracy to piss off enough fans where they don't go and then they can have a, have leverage to leave. So I don't know. I don't know if you saw that, but no one's going to see Oakland play baseball. <laughs> I, I didn't see that, but it doesn't surprise me. I think I said in my pre in my preview that, uh, it was going to be something like this because the, the A's already struggled. They, they, they struggle to get attendance when the, when the team's good. Yeah. So they were going to be awful. They sold everyone out. I'm like, dude, they might have freaking 10 people in the stands one game. Like it would not surprise me. Like on a Wednesday. Yeah, there you go. Game. They had 2,488. <laughs> that's pretty so. bad. I mean, they've always had bad attendance. I think that's why the team wants to get the hell out of there, which is unfortunate. Uh, obviously you don't want to cut ties with the fan base. I mean, they've been in Oakland. I, I'll tell my head. I can't remember, but a very long time, uh, decades. Um, so hopefully you like, you'd never want to see that, but God damn! I mean, but you saw you, you saw you saw their neighbors in the well, but you saw their their uh, their neighbors in the same uh, stadium. The Raiders leave, and then you saw their neighbors in the parking lot leave. Right in the Warriors, so no one, um, no one wants to be in Oakland anymore. No, <laughs> that's just there's that's a reality, common theme so. here. It's not just them. I I just thought it was interesting. Um, pop, pop, popped up on my news feed today, so I, I had to bring that up. Um, thank you, Tyler. Uh, yeah, the the Reds are bad. Um, and and we'll continue to watch that. I definitely want to see how bad they are this year because uh, I'll be pissed because I if if I could have bet and I ended up and I could have made money, that would have been fantastic. So, um, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk some NBA uh, conference final previews. Um, James is gonna James is gonna lead that for us. Um, four teams left. It's gonna be it's gonna come down to the come down to the wire here. Uh, when we come back. And we're back. We're going to be talking the conference finals for the uh, for the NBA. James, you have been taking over the NBA playoffs on this podcast for the last few weeks here, uh, and you've done a fantastic job. Um, you did not do a fantastic job of picking the Suns on Sunday. I won a nice bit of change from from you, which was very fun. Uh, but nonetheless, I know that um, I know that you you've been watching the games at least best you can. Um, and you've done a great job so far. So please take it away for the conference final. Appreciate the kind words, Traden. Uh, Alex, I'm glad to hear that you might possibly come back because you are so much better at this than I am. Uh, but all, other than that, like, yes, I made the wrong choice. Much like 90% of America who picked the Suns over the Mavs. And I lost 10 bucks. Should've it is what it bucks, is. I would have made 100. <laughs> you would have made 100 bucks, but you pussy down. <laughs> Warriors versus Mavericks. We're starting in the Western Conference this week. Uh, Warriors beat the Grizzlies in six games, which is cool to see. I think we caught the ending of that on Friday night. That was the funniest part about that is because we uh, we didn't get to the Airbnb until midway through the fourth quarter. We turned the TV on, and all they're doing is talking about um, Desmond Bain, I think, and now he has like 30 points, and then Trayton's like, damn, that means the Warriors are losing. The Warriors were up by two points. I went to the bathroom. I came back. The Warriors were up by 17 points. And I was like, what? <laughs> it just, just like happened. escalated. <laughs> it just escalated. And that shows you how good this Warriors team is. On the other side, we have the Mavericks who beat the Suns in seven. Suns were atrocious. They scored, I think, at halftime. Luka had 27 points and the Suns had 26. Yeah. Bad showing. At halftime, the big three of the Suns with DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker had a total of six points. Wow. Just, wow, atrocious. In the playoffs thus far, the Warriors have three players averaging 20-plus points per game in Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole. 
Luca, on the other hand, is averaging 31 points per game. Uh, based off what we've seen so far, the Mavericks seem to be major, major, major underdogs against this Warriors team. Do you think the Mavs can actually pull this off? Yeah, I think they can pull it off. I think the Mavericks are right. I don't think they will. But I think they can. Um, they, I mean, Luka Doncic is, is playing out of his mind. Um, I think we always talk about how the NBA is, is a star-driven league. I do think the Warriors have not only more stars, but they're, they're just a more well-rounded, more deep team than the Mavericks. But sometimes when a, when a team catches that spark, they can ride it and they can beat anybody. And I think the Mavs feel like they can beat anybody right now. And there's nothing more dangerous than a team that has a lot of confidence, and a lot of swagger and is playing right now. And I, that is the, the Dallas Mavericks. So, uh, but the Warriors have a lot of it too. And they have a, they have a great coaching staff uh, guys that have been there and done that for a long time. Um, and that's going to be a much harder task than taking down the uh, Phoenix Suns. Yeah. I mean, I I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I think, I, you know, I, I don't think that they can do it, but, but I think there, I think that there's definitely a possibility for it, especially if, if, well, if you look on the other side, Curry's not not at his uh, not at his normal pace in terms of his shooting percentage, which isn't good. Um, Clay had a great game six. Game, I mean, game six Clay is a real deal. But is that, are we going to get that for a full series? And everybody knows, and he has proven it all, throughout every series and most of, and most of every single game he's played this um, this year. You can't stop Luka Doncic, and if they don't find a way to to stop him. I mean, he can steal games. I mean, you've seen it in hockey where there's a goalie that can steal games. He's the type of guy that can steal games. The, the, the only thing that the Warriors have that I, you know, that I think is going to ultimately put them over the top is ultimately their depth. But if, those de- if the depth isn't stepping up and, if, and if, if they're not hitting their shots and if they're just kind of playing lazy thinking they can just win, he's going to start stealing games and he's going to start stealing it here, steal it there. And all of a sudden you're at a game seven and you have, and you're sitting with your best friend and he's going to say, Oh, the Suns are going to absolutely demolish. And then all of a sudden the Mavericks completely um, put it, put it up his ass. So that exactly <laughs> same thing could happen again. <laughs> well done. Well done. Y'all are wrong. The Suns are sweeping. Or not the Suns, the Warriors. The Warriors are sweeping. The Warriors are sweeping. The Mavericks. Okay. The Suns are coming from the ashes and <laughs> going to take over. The, the, okay, the thing is, the Mavericks are led by one person and one person only, and that's Luka. Who else do they have, really? It depends on the day. Luka just played a ton of games. Is coming off the injury in the first round. He went to a game seven, played yesterday, and now he's got to face a Warriors team that has literally four, four killer shooters, the fourth one being Jonathan Kuminga. Like, this team is incredible through and through. Can Luka defend all those guys? No. The reason why the Suns lost is because DeAndre Ayn shit the bed. DeAndre Ayn wants a new contract, and he's pissed off with his management team. Okay, so he didn't play his best. On the other side, you, if you shut down Clay, you still got Steph, you got Jordan, you got Kaminga. If you shut down Steph, or you shut down anybody else, the ball moves so well in this Steve Kerr offense. It's incredible. Of the three Warriors players, though, the ones that are scoring 20-plus points per game, who is the most important to this team in, in this series? Is it Steph, Clay, or is it Poole? Mm. Go ahead, Tyler. I got this, this is a tough one. I think he got to go Steph. I just think he is the heart and soul of that team. Um, I, you know, I, think, I think Poole adds that depth that is super important, especially with, 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 close, with close matchups. 
But I think your stars need to play like stars. And I think Steph, like I guess, has been the heart and soul of this Warriors team uh, for so long. And I think I think everything goes through him, just like everything goes through 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 Doncic with 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 the Mavs. So I, to me, Steph's got to be on his game. Um, I think if he is, that breeds it allows everyone to relax and just play their game. No one has to kind of step up, up and do their thing. So I think it all starts with Steph. So you're saying if Steph gets shut down, the Warriors lose. Yeah, because that's what I'm, that's what I mean by the most well, important player. Like if, he, see, if that one person gets shut down. I, I actually, I, I tend to agree that they are going, I think they're actually going to win in five. And I say that because you can almost bet that the Warriors are going to take one game off. They're going to like that. They do almost fucking playoff series. They did it. They've done it the last two. So they're get, you know, Luca's going to take one. However, I'm going to say that Steph Curry is the most important and it's not because of this series, particularly it's the finals. He needs to get back in his groove he needs to he needs to start feeling it because he's not he hasn't felt it the last two series and i'm telling you i don't think that they would he would like the team has the ability to beat the celtics or the heat at this rate at this rate just simply because i i i it just seems like he's just off a little bit and i think this is an opportunity for him to kind of you know settle down get back into his groove because if you can get to if you can get to the steph curry that we've seen in the past in the playoffs you're absolutely right. They're gonna they're gonna just steamroll the the Mavericks, and I would be I would be worried if I was anybody in the East. But at this point, it's important for Curry to 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 find his groove, to settle back in, um, get get back behind the team, and just be the be the Steph Curry that we are used to seeing. I think that I, that's how I'm taking that question. So, oh, good answer. I like it. You like, took a different direction. Like like that. It's cool. Uh, so I had the Warriors sweeping. Traden had the Warriors winning in five. Tyler, who wins and how many? I think you guys are disrespecting the Mavs a little bit. Um, I don't think the Mavs will win. I think this was going to go seven, but I do think the Warriors wow. will win. No way. Absolutely yep. no way that happens. Like I said, I said, don't, don't underestimate a team that has that kind of swagger and the kind of confidence the Mavs have. Yes, on paper, it's not even close. The Warriors technically should should sweep, but I'm telling you, man, like winning a game seven and, and, and coming back and confidence is, is a huge deal, it, it, it's, especially in the playoffs. It's going to be to- it's going to be tight. It's going to be close. The Warriors are the better team. I do expect them to win this series, but it's going to be seven games. Okay. I like that too. Moving on to the East, we have the Heat versus the Celtics. Uh, this is kind of a series that if you're a basketball analyst, you kind of figured would happen because the Heat are number one and the Celtics are number two. One and two seeds. You know, you expect them to go as far as they can. The Heat beat the 76ers last round in six games, and the Celtics beat the defending champ Bucks in seven games. Uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are absolutely caring for the Celtics. And on the other side, you have Jimmy and Bam who are dominating for the Heat. What we saw last series is whenever Joel Embiid came back for the 76ers, Bam kind of got shut down, and the losses came for the Heat. Now looking at the series here, do you think that Al Horford for the Celtics has enough to stop Bam from dominating in the post? If he doesn't, what do the Celtics need to do to make Bam a non-factor? Because as we've seen, when Bam's a non-factor, this, uh, the Heat tend to lose. This, this, this is the part of the basketball game that is very tough for me because I, 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 I struggle with, with defending only because I don't mostly because I don't, the, the fouls trouble, that's where I, that's where I started to get, you know, I, I, I would say that they need to be a little bit more physical, but you can't do that because you run it, you'll run it into, um, into foul trouble. Uh, 
I like to think that they that he does have the uh, uh, the ability to to at least stifle a little bit of that offense. Um, the Celtics have found a way to do it with with Giannis. They found a way to do it. I forget who they played in the first round. Um, was it the Nets? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they did, they did it against that high high flying offense. So every step of the way, they've they've dealt with some of the best of offensive players in the game. Um, you know, in the Nets and and in the and in the Bucks and. If, if that's proof alone, if, if you take that, that's proof alone that they're able to to manage some of the best offensive player offensive players in the game. And um, if um, Bam is if Bam is in that echelon at this point, the Celtics will find a way. It might not be right away, but they have found a way in every single series thus far. Um, and I, I don't think that they uh, I don't have any reason to believe they can't do it again. The tough part about that is that uh, Bam is a big man. Bam plays the center position. All the other teams, all the players, KD does not play the center position. Uh, they like the other players that they've shut down aren't big men. Bam dominates in the post. He is a post guy. He is a smaller version of a Shaq. And I mean, I feel blasphemous saying that, but he dominates so well in the post. And Al Horford is not as physical as you may seem. He's a good rebounder, but he sits outside and shoots threes. He doesn't, he doesn't have post moves. And on the flip side of that, when they played the Bucks, like I said, Giannis had no bag. Like, it's it's cool. Like, he's, he's not a big man because he doesn't have post moves. He just drives the post. And Al Horford didn't really defend that because Giannis had the most points in the playoffs this year. Like, Giannis was murdering it. So you didn't shut Giannis down. You shut the Bucks down. But the Bam is a different breed. Tyler, what do you think? I, I, I do think Bam's going to cause some trouble for, for the Celtics for sure. Uh, but I do think to give some credit to the Celtics, they play some of the best team team game, I think, of these uh, final four teams here. And I think they'll figure out a way to, uh, to shut them down enough to where they can uh, to, to, to win the series. Um, but yeah, I think Bam is probably going to have the best playoff series in this conference final than he has in the first two. I like that. Uh, so defensive player of the year for the Celtics is Marcus Smart. And we had just talked about how good the defense is for the Celtics, and part of that is because of Marcus Smart. Does Marcus Smart shut down Jimmy Butler? I think so. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler, you know, he, he, he's carried the load for the Heat offensively um, so far in, in, in the first rounds. He's been playing very great. But you see, I think Butler is a guy that if he is put on by an elite defender like, like Marcus Smart, he can really – kind of his, his, his game coming down. He's shown in, in previous uh, playoffs that, you know, he, he could average, I, I think he's averaging 29 right now. Uh, I think last year he was averaging 19 or something against, against um, certain, certain uh, teams there. So that would be a, a, definitely a matchup to watch to see how Butler responds to probably, I would say the best defender he's played so far in this, uh, in this uh, playoff run. What do you think, Trade? Yeah. I mean, <sighs> I, I, I it, again, I, this, this is another one where it, it's tough for me. I, it, it's, it's tough for me. I, I, I'm, I'm going to give, I'm going to give the, um, I'm going to give Butler the benefit that I think that he, I, I think he, he could break through. He has, he has done that. Although he's had some issues in the past few years. We've seen that. Although when he comes out, he comes out big and he's kind of been pretty strong uh, um, this playoffs so far. And, and I think that, you know, I, I, I think that I don't know if the Celtics are going to be able to, to, 
they're, they have a two-headed monster now, and I don't know if I don't know if Marcus Smart's going to be able to 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 manage. I don't know though. I I don't know. I don't watch enough of these games to to have a full um to have a full view on that. But um given given the way Jimmy Butler's playing right now, um that that might be enough of you know confidence for him to to find a way to break through. And you know now 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 I'm running into an issue where who okay who's gonna who's gonna break through more now? I mean that's why I believe this game's gonna this series is going to go to seven because I think they're pretty evenly matched teams playing at their best. This is the reason why they're one and two. Um, and, you know, we're in for, this is a, this is the true series um, that, um, that the conference finals uh, are, you know, that we look for in a conference final. Who wins it in how many games? I got the Celtics in seven. Like I said, I just, I think I like the team game and the depth. Um, especially on the bench of the Celtics slightly more. I think that's why I'm going to give them the edge in this series, but I agree. I think it's going to be a great series to watch. Um, could go either way, but I think the Celtics will squeak it out in seven. Yeah, I, I think it's going, I think it's going the distance and I'm going to, I'm going to give it to the Celtics as well. I, you know, I, they, they manage the, 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 the nets, they managed the bucks and they, and they did it convinced they, they did it convincingly, especially in that game seven. Um, and they show that they can they can do it. And um, again, until until I'm proven otherwise, I, I think the Celtics are are making it into the finals. I have the Celtics in six. In six, so that'd be good. Yeah, I, I really like the Celtics game, man. Jalen Brown, or yeah, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Marcus Smart. They even got some like Pritchard just coming off, just hitting threes. Like they have a solid team. And you got to give Ime Udoka some credit for, as Trader mentioned shutting down some of the best offensive team in the East. And they're doing a hell of a job of that. And I don't see them stopping against the Heat. So I really like the Celtics team as much as I hate it because I'm a Lakers fan. Mm-hmm. Celtics <laughs> look good. Celtics look great. And uh, thank you guys for listening. That was episode, or that was not episode. That was my segment for the NBA. <laughs> we <laughs> still easy. have the rest of the episode, uh, rest of the episode, James. But thank you so much. That was a fantastic job. Um, it is going to be a very fun um, conference final, I, th- I feel like. Um, in a week, we're going to see, we're going to be halfway done. We'll be able to see, um, you know, who's, who's pulling ahead, or maybe it's going to be almost dead even at this point. Um, who knows? Um, everyone better watch it. It's going to be fun. Um, and, but we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about the, the round two of the NHL playoffs. Um, it, we're in for a doozy guys when we come back. And welcome back, guys. We made it through the best round of the NHL playoffs, which is always round one, but we actually have quite the amazing round two in store. This last round, guys, we we, we saw the NHL tie second in, in most game sevens in a, in a playoff round at five. Um, and it very easily could have been six if, um, if the Wild hadn't completely folded in the end there. Uh, but... Here we are. We're going to start off in the East. Um, we're going to start off right at, right on the, uh, right at the, uh, on the Atlantic side, the battle of Florida, the BOF. We have two battle of province slash uh, states this, uh, this, um, this year. One of them is in the East and this is this one. The Panthers are taking on the lightning. Once again, the Tampa Bay, uh, I'm sorry, the Toronto Maple Leafs um, folded a two, two game series lead. Um, or I'm sorry, one game series lead um, to uh, to uh, loss and lose in a game seven. Once again, it, do not make it to this to the next round, guys. Um, I just want to say that I am eight for eight in my bracket. 
eight for eight so far. So um, I know that n- some of you guys are not. I know that you guys weren't. That's I know seven that you- for eight. I'm right behind you. Yeah, because you had a Toronto movie. I have right? one for eight. Was- no, no way. You got more than one. I have no idea what I have. I don't even know. You at least have my bracket. You had at least have four, if not six. Oh, see, I'm uh, not that far off. Nah, you're. Yeah. I think you're pretty close. But, you made it sound uh, way worse than it actually was, and I had no idea what the reality. I mean, was. eight for eight is pretty damn good, though. That's yeah. that's, that's, I'm, that's. I'm pretty that's proud of. It's never happened. Yeah. It's never happened. It's hard to do. But here we go. The Sunshine State rivalry once again is meeting in the Eastern Conference second round. Um, this was Florida's first um, playoff win since 1996, I believe. Um, I have to fact check that. It might be 90, 1984. Nonetheless, very very long time. Um, and obviously Tampa Bay's last win was the Stanley cup final last year because <laughs> they, they just don't stop winning. Um, and once again, they meet up in, uh, in the Stanley cup playoffs for what we saw this last year in the first round. And it was such an electric round. Uh, and you know, now we see a Florida Panthers team. That's a little bit more mature, has a lot different, has a lot more firepower behind it was the president's trophy team. Um, and has home ice. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have played a lot of hockey in the last two seasons, took took t- um, Toronto to, to seven games and didn't lead until the very end. Um, but it, it, it but nonetheless, very, very, very interesting um, series matchup here. And I'm going to start with Tyler. Who who are you looking for on the uh, on the Panthers to to bring this team to victory and and do you think the panthers have a chance to finally break through with, with you know we always there's always these rivalries that you just can't get you just can't get there with this one team and this it's been the tr- tampa bay lightning for the toronto or for the florida panthers now who can who's going to do it and can they do it they certainly can um they did not get great play out of their big guys um in the first round and they're playing uh behind from a lot which they're good at. They're one of the best teams in the NHL Amazing. comeback wins. Uh, Connor Verhage, did I pronounce that right? Verhage. Verhage. Uh, huge, huge in the 12 points in round one. Uh, so that's a guy, if he can continue that production and everyone else steps up, uh, it's going to be huge. Obviously, goalie Bob needs to continue to play well. Um, I think he's, he's, he's done a very good job so far. Um, that's going to be huge against his Lightning team. I think it could, it could come down to goaltending in, in, in this series. Uh, I think both of these teams know how to score goals. Um, also crazy Panthers over 18 on the power play. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, it, it, they, they need to find a way to score uh, to, to win the, 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 uh, the special teams. Um, not, I mean, it's crazy that this is the, such a, such an electric offense kind of dried up a little yeah. bit at times. Um, James, does that worry you? I mean, this lightning team, I'm sorry to the cap, no, no disrespect to the Washington capitals are a better, more experienced team. They have better firepower. They have better. They have the best goaltending on the planet. Nobody can can say otherwise. Vasilevsky continues to do it every single fucking round. Um, can the Panthers break through? Absolutely. I said it before, and I said it again. Once they get their bearings, and they did. Once the Panthers get their bearings after figuring out how to play in the playoffs, they're going to be an absolute wagon. They're going to be hard to stop, and they. It worries you if you look at the box score when they're behind all the time, but yet they've won two in a row. They're out here doing what they do best because, as Tyler mentioned, they're the best team in the league when it comes from come from behind victories. And honestly, this this would not have been that much of an issue had bad luck not been on their side. You're never gonna have you're never gonna have to be zero for eighteen in a power play, especially when you're such a potent offense like this. 
that's not going to happen again. So if two or three more goals go their way, it's a different series. We're not talking about the Panthers beating the Capitals in six. It'd be like Panthers in five or a sweep. If they had just played to the regular ability on the power play or not have bad luck on the power play, this would be completely different. But because zero for 18 on a power play, you're looking at the Panthers team completely differently than you would have. This is a good team. This is a great team. And I understand that Vasilevsky has all this history and being one of the greatest goaltenders and does this thing in the playoffs. But if we look at the numbers here, like, let's be real. He didn't really show up until game seven. He had under a point nine for the entire series, but game seven, he was immaculate. Game seven, he was great. And that's where he shines. But if we don't get to game seven, which Vasilevsky are we going to see? Are we going to see the Vasilevsky that we've seen every single playoff series from this point forward? Or are we going to see the Vasilevsky that kind of got beat up by the Leafs? Uh, Right now, as a starting goaltender, I think he has like the second lowest save percentage in the playoffs right now. That's tough to see for somebody who's such a storied guy with such a good history of being a great goaltender. And yeah, I get that the, um, the lightning have great firepower too, but sorry to say it, man, the Panthers will out, outshoot that. If Huberto can be his, do his thing. If Duclair, who was a 30 goal scorer, actually play hockey and not be healthy scratched, you're looking at a different team. Aaron Ekblad missed the last 20 regular season games and he's a great blue liner. He missed the last 20, and he's out here slowly getting his bearings. And he strode up on the stat sheet, too. Imagine how much better he is now after six games of actually playing hockey. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a different Panthers team than you saw against the Capitals. This is going to be a Panthers team that dominates. Panthers in six, and the Lightning are a great, great team. But Panthers, man, they figured it out. They're going to do well. Um. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you this. If the, if the Florida Panthers do not win game one, there's no chance. The, 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 Lightning, the Lightning are 17-0 and 0 after, after losses in the playoffs since they lost their, since they lost their sweep. They, and for some reason, to your point, but uh, Vasilevsky has, has seemed a little bit um, vulnerable in some games, but then it, as soon as he loses, it's like it's completely different. <laughs> it's, it's every fucking time. Um, so it's going to take, it's going to take a lot of firepower. It's going to take a lot of precision. It's going to take a lot of effort to beat this lightning team, um, because they are hungry to, to keep it going. Braden points injury concerns me. I think Braden point brain point was again, um, we mentioned, we actually, James, you talked about this. Uh, you, you were worried about Braden point, not, not doing that well in the regular season. That's not what his D does. He's one of those get through players. He he may he, he, he can get you there. Points, right? Yeah, but he gets you through in the best of times. Like he does, he doesn't he doesn't need to get 14 points a, a, a round. But when you need a goal in the in game seven, he'll get you there. Or in game six to to force a game seven, he'll get you there. That's that's where Brain Point shines. And without that, I don't know if they if if to, to James's point, I don't know if they're going to be able to break uh, if if they're going to be able to hold off this very high high powered um, Panthers team. So James, you said Panthers in six. Tyler, where do you stand here? All right, as I as you mentioned, seventeen and zero. The Lightning are after falling a loss, pretty incredible. But that's why the Panthers are going to win game one, and it's going to go back and forth, and the Panthers are going to win seven games. <laughs> seven games. Um, I have the the Tampa Bay Lightning in seven. Um, I, I I just can't bet against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I can't bet against Vasilevsky. Um, at, at this point, um, Florida may be the best equipped team to do it, but um, 
at this rate, I can't, I can't bet against them mostly because my bracket needs to stay intact. Now I'm actually really focused on my bracket. Cause I'm, cause I'm eight. eight. So uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. This is going to be a very, this is going to be my second favorite series to watch. Um, and it, but it is very close. Is. Sorry. The GA won with the first one. Yeah, I wonder what the first is. Uh, it's probably going to be most people, <laughs> to be fair. Um, but um, um, that that doesn't mean that any every other series um, are going to be, you know, not fun because I I think all of these series are going to be very fun. And we're going to move to the other side of the East. We're going to move to this uh, to the Metropolitan. Um, we have the Hurricanes who just who just beat the uh, the Boston Bruins in seven games. Play the New York Rangers who beat the Penguins in seven games. Um, which was a little shaky. The Rangers were down three, one in the series and they managed to, to, to fight their way back. Um, even in that game seven, when we saw Tristan Jari come back, who played with a confirmed broken foot guys, he came out and said he played with a broken fucking foot in game seven. Um, and, but it just wasn't enough. Um, I, I just think the aging penguins just ran out of gas um, and the Rangers are much younger. And I think that that's kind of, that kind of add, added to the fact. And we saw uh we saw Crosby kind of, t- you know, get, get taken out for a, for a game and a half, which I think really, really put a damper on the, on the team there. Um, but we, we do have the Carolina hurricanes who w- w- quite an interesting series with Boston. It was the home, it was a completely home ice advantage. And I, and I, James, we talked about, I know we talked about this, but it seemed every, every team in that series was a different team on the, uh, at home versus on the road. And I don't really know why that is. I've never really seen it that stark before. It's never, we, we have never seen that, but nonetheless, here we are. Um, this is going to be quite an interesting one. Um, these are the top two Metro teams. So, you know, they, they were, they were the favorites to win. Um, Caroline, obviously first in the Metro. Um, I, you know, I, I look at you, James, I, I want to ask um, Igor Shosturkin. He had quite a series. Um, I mean, obviously he's going to win the Vesna. There's no, there's no question about that, but his series was quite up and down and it wasn't until the final games there that he really started to show what he actually was. Um, are you worried about that? And are you worried about that when they're, when you're playing against a, a hurricanes team that is fundamentally a better team than, um, than the penguins were? Well, I'm absolutely really scared about that and worried about that. Igor Shosturkin got exposed last series. And this is a, it was against a team that is good. Yeah, like it's a, it's a team that has some good lines on it. Um, but it has maybe one or two scoring lines here. The, the Hurricanes, on the other hand, they are so balanced on the offensive end. They have seven players that have five or more points and 15 players that have one point. Like there is scoring everywhere. Can Igor Shosturkin be, stand on his head for every single second of that game, I don't know. Like you're facing against, there's always going to be an onslaught of a, of, a, of shots coming coming to you, and they're going to be quality shots. It's not just going to be like the stars who are just shooting it to shoot it just to get into the offensive zone and go from there. Like these are going to be well placed shots that have intent on going in. Shostakin got exposed. He needs to figure out to, how to play playoff hockey as a goaltender in this league, because in the regular season this dude dominated. But as we had mentioned before, time and time again, playoffs are different. People try harder. Shots come in a little bit hotter. And you got a lot more screens. You got to be able to see through people in, a, in a, a different way, which is like being a goalie is going to be so much harder for you. And he, he can't rely on what he did. He can't rest on his laurel or what he did in the regular season because the playoffs are going to be different. 
and it's, it's really going to be a goaltender battle from this point forward. Both teams can score. Adam Fox has been great. Zibanejad's even better. Like it's the Rangers have scoring. Um, the Canes do too. I think Ranta is a better goalie at this point in time than Chesterkin is. That's a bold statement. I know. Yeah. But at this point in time, Ranta has more playoff experience and is doing better in the playoffs. I test wise than Chesterkin has. Chesterkin has been kind of game on, game off, game on, game off. And if he can't be consistent about it, like he needs to be, this Rangers seems in trouble. Oh boy. Um, that, that was a bold statement. Um, at, at this point, obviously, um, Frederick Anderson's injury is going to keep him out. Um, Auntie Ranta is still, it's still his net. Um, he's, he's, he's played fantastic, um, thus far. And then they also have that rookie uh, Russian who played two games, um, that doesn't even know how to speak English, which was fantastic. Um, Tyler, who, who worries you? I guess, I guess said differently. Does the fact that Sebastian, Sebastian Ajo did take a little bit of a ding and he might be, we don't know what. He, he, he really changed after that, after that hit in game seven where he wasn't the, quite the same. Uh, and are, are, are we worried if you don't have Sebastian Ajo, are, are you worried for the, for the Carolina hurricanes or do you think that they have enough depth to manage the, the Rangers who know how to score? Oh, uh, maybe a little bit, but not to the point where I, you know, it's, it's like the uh, Grizzlies losing John Morant. And I'm like, Oh, it's fucking over. Not, even, not a point. Right. I think, I think the hurricanes have enough depth to where that they can survive and, 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 and potentially win this series without him being at his best or if, or not playing at all, depending on what's going on with that. Um, but yeah, he's obviously one of their, their, their top scorers and it, it hurts in the playoffs. when you don't have your, your top scores doing their thing. Um, but it can happen. I think hockey's a team game. Um, guys can step up. And I think in any sport, you got to have that guy that steps up. Um, I think the light, the, the hurricanes have that depth to do so. Um, and you've seen it already with their goalies, right? So I think, I think the hurricanes are built on that. I think, I think they'll do a good job at supplementing whatever they lose with uh, Aho's production. Yeah, I, 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 I tend to agree. I mean, like James said, I mean, the points are coming all the way up and down the, the, the lineup, which is, which is huge. Um, for me, the hurricanes, and I've said this multiple times led by, led by an incredible coach, they are a fundamentally perfect team to to an extent i mean in terms of their ability to score when they need to their defense is perfect but unlike a team like the uh the dallas stars where they have a lot of defense or even the islanders where they have a lot of defense at least the hurricanes have the offense capabilities right um and and those top scores are buying into a defensive structure which is why i think that they are a very very formidable team at this point um in it, it to me as long as the hurricanes just just limit any turnovers and, and, and stay disciplined. Don't give New York the chance to go in the power play, which we've seen New York, you know, slice and dice through that. Um, I, I think the hurricanes can, can break through uh, Rangers. On the other hand, Shisterkin just needs to be better and he needs to stay good because this hurricanes team ha- can beat you up and down the ice in, in every single zone. They know how to control the, the, the neutral zone. Um, and the hurricanes are very aggressive on, on the forecheck. So pfft. I, I, I'd be worried if I was, if I was a Rangers at this point for me, I'm going to say my pick. Um, I have the hurricanes in six um, James. Who do you got? Hurricanes in five hurricanes in five. Wow. You think it's going to be quick. Okay. Tyler, who do you got? Rangers in seven uh, Rangers. Yeah. The uh, Rangers have this kind of cockroach feel to them where it's like you 
you think you finally got him, but you just can't quite kill him. Uh, I, 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 I like what I saw in last series against Pittsburgh. Uh, they're young. They're, it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great series to watch. I think Igor Shashirkin plays a lot better in this round and the uh, Rangers will win in seven. I love that. I mean, look, it, the more game sevens, the better for everyone. Um, <laughs> it, it's, except the players, obviously, but uh, for, for, for teams that are trying to buy, buy um, further in the playoffs, the more, the more, uh, the more games and the more tired your other, your other competition gets, the better. Um, and for us fans, it's always great because game sevens are just the best. <laughs> um, um, thank you guys. So we're going to move on to the West and specifically the central division. We saw the Colorado avalanche, I, uh, what do you guys want to call that against the Nashville Predators? Like, it wasn't even anything like violation. I, I, I guess, um, I, I guess mercy kill. Sutter was absolutely right when he said, um, you know, anybody who, who, who plays Colorado in the first round is just a waste of eight days. And it literally was a waste of eight days because they didn't win a game. Uh, so Nostradamus Sutter himself, um, you know, was, was, Dan, was bang on. Um, and the other, the other side is the St. Louis blues who managed to, to um, hold out the wild in six games. Um, and the last two wins were pretty, were pretty decisive. I mean, I, I think they were definitely dominating the up and down the ice at that point. Um Tyler, I'm going to start with you here. Um, look, it's Colorado. Everyone has them going the distance. I know you have them winning the Stanley Cup. Um, and you, you know, we, we do know that um, uh, Kemper's back um, after that after that crazy stick injury that he got. Um, but now they're going to play a, a, a Blues team, which, I mean, I, I know that some people think that they're going to steamroll. I, 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 the Blues are hard out. They're a hard out. Um, they are a good team. They are deep down the middle. Um, and when Bennington is on, he's on, I, I, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to throw it on the, on the, on the blues side. What do the blues need to do to, to beat the, the Colorado avalanche who kind of have the entire package? They need to continue to great, get great play from uh, Bennington. I mean, I think he's going to be the key. You that's, know, not, that's not his name. Let's play off Benny. Come on, bro. Oh, we, sorry. We I was like, what the are you talking about? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> great, great, great play from playoff Benny. All right. Uh, he's the reason why they won that cup in 2019. And he could, he could be the reason why they beat the avalanche here in here in uh, round two. Uh, he stepped up. No one kind of, you know, it, it was kind of out of nowhere a little bit uh, um, against the wild, but he's done a fantastic job. Um, to me, that's the key. I think the blues are going to come out They're They're going to put up a great fight on, on offense. They, 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 they play a great team defense. They're going to give the abs a run for their money. I think this is going to be, I think no matter what happens the rest of the way, probably the abs toughest challenge. I mean, it kind of always is in round two for them historically. So if they can get past this, I feel like whoever they play in the next round, they're, it's not going to be easy, but I think it's going to be easier. I just have a feeling that the, the, the this blues team is going to really, really push them to the brink here. Um, but yeah, in order for the blues to win the series, they have to get stellar play from playoff. Bennington, not just regular Bennington, playoff Benny. Playoff Benny. <sighs> yeah. Um, James, I mean, I, Tyler, I think you're, I, I think you make a good point. I mean, really at the end of the day, it's, it's coming down to, to the net minder back in, back in St. Louis. Um, Colorado has the whole package and James, I, you know, you said to me yesterday that they're going to sweep the St. Louis blues. So um, at this point, well, you said it, so uh, I said it on this podcast. You should, uh, you should, you should watch what you say because it's going to come out on this podcast. Obviously, it's not. Oh, it's we're not playing actually, that game. You don't. You, I, you don't, you don't believe that's going to happen. Um, 
But nonetheless, you do think, I, I think you think that they're going to it's pretty much steamroll, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's something in the blues, um, in the blues DNA that, that will give the Colorado avalanche a little bit of a wake up call. And what would that be? If there is any. Tyler said it best is playoff Benny. Like after doing research on this and looking at this more, I, I didn't really watch the blues wild. Wasn't really that interested in it. I know you had liked it, but I, I couldn't really care less about it. Uh, but looking at everything else that I researched and actually looking at some game film, because, you know, I'm, a, I'm that kind of guy watching game film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yo, Benny makes this team different. We saw uh, in the Flame Star series how a goaltender can, on fire, can really change the outcome of a series and, like, kind of carry a team. And that's what he's doing with this team. And that's not to say that the Boos don't have anything else. They have everything else. But having Benny as his backstop is a different team. His play coincides with every single, like, that turnaround. Because Minnesota was up. Minnesota had the momentum. Benny went in, three game wins. 0.943 save percentage. Like, this man is on fire. And if they can continue having the same amount of production from their forwards, like, their forwards, if you had to compare the Blues and the Avs in terms of forwards, I give it to the Blues because there's way more depth on the scoring side than the, on the Blues. But on the defensive side, the Avs have a better blue line. Yeah. But the Blues have playoff Benny. <laughs> it's hard to bet against playoff Benny when he's on fire like this. Just like it's hard to bet against playoff Tom for football, playoff Benny is a thing, guys. Woo. At the end of the day, I have the Avs winning, but I have the Avs winning in six. It's going to be it's gonna be tough. They're going to face their first challenge this entire playoffs and playoff Benny's going to keep doing his thing. Keep him in net. Like he's going to be the kind of guy that does don't, don't put him in for Bile Huso. Like don't, don't put that dude in right now, man. Benny is rolling. Let him mm-hmm. do his thing. If he has one bad game, let him make up for it the next game. He's that dude in the playoffs. Don't mess with that. Yeah, guys, look, um, the way I see it, th- these two teams played each other in the first round last year. Um, to me, the blues couldn't be any more different of a team than they were last year. They're faster. They are, they are better scorers. Um, they have tenacity. I mean, they always have tenacity. That's kind of in the blues DNA, but, but they have the speed to make up to, 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 to complement it. Um, I love who they have down the middle. Um, and, and who, who's stepping up in the blue side is, is quite amazing. Like Vlad Tarasenko, the guy who, the guy who has this long running um, re- trade request, is looking incredible. Um, Ryan O'Reilly continuing to like eight points. Like Ryan O'Reilly continues to just be the captain. Is he the flashiest of players? No. Is he, does he have one of the ugliest strides in the league? Yes, but he just gets his job done. And it's just incredible. David Perron, another one, another vet that is just playing incredible. I know that we have to look at the other side and look, wow, we have Darcy Kemper. I mean, at this rate, I'm sorry, Bennington Kemper is a better goaltender on by stats in terms of your whole season but Bennington has, has an ability to step up. And so if, if we get that, I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Cal McCarr is going to go down as one of the, one of, if not the greatest defenseman ever played the game. If he keeps us up, that's, that's a worry for me, especially if I'm, if, if I were a blues fan, um, which I, I mean, to, to an extent I am, I love the blues. I, I, I love that organization. So I do like to see them succeed. Um, Nate, Nate McKinnon, you know, you're, you know, you're going to get amazing, amazing stuff out of him, but Cal um, McCarr is just unbelievable. Um, he's on pace to, to, to win the Conn Smythe at this point, if he, if he keeps it up. Um, Tyler, who, who do you have uh, in this series? 
Yeah, I mean, you said I picked them to win the cup, so I got to I gotta go with the uh, Colorado Avalanche here. I think it'll be in seven. Like I said, I think the Blues are really going to test them. I think it's going to be a really fun series to watch, um, but Avs will prevail in seven. Love it. Once again, I got to stick with my with my bracket and um, very similar to the Toronto Maple Leafs type of situation until the until the um, the Avalanche can win a second round. I don't believe that they can. So I think that the Blues are actually going to push them to the brink. And I think that the Blues are going to prevail at the end of the day. Um, and I'm still trying to gauge. I, I'm going to give it an over under two, two and a half games. Nazem Kadri uh, by game two, Nazem Kadri gets uh, suspended for something stupid. Cause that's going to happen. It always happens in the, in the second round. Um, we'll see, we'll see when it happens and if it happens, but um, you know, at this rate, Nas is playing great. Um, it's just, can he keep his head? And if he doesn't, that team is a lot different than, than they otherwise would be. So um, it'll be interesting. Um, I, I have, I have the blues in seven only because I have to stick with my, with my um, brackets uh, and we'll see. It's going to be very fun. It's going to be a very high, um, high octane um, round. And the moment that I have been waiting for, the Battle of Alberta, the BOA, the other battle of the uh, the other provincial rivalry. Um, this this rivalry was very hot back in the back in the eighties and nineties. Um, last time these two teams faced each other was nineteen ninety one. Um, we, we have not seen this version of the Battle of Alberta in the playoffs in our lifetime. Um, and I'm the oldest one here, and I'm sorry, Tyler's the oldest one here, and he wasn't uh, wasn't part, didn't get to see that. Um, we saw the 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 Calgary Flames get pushed to Game Seven against the Dallas Stars. Which in can we just tip our caps to uh, Jake Ottinger, guys? Jake Ottinger had one of the most incredible performances in a series that I have ever seen in a goaltender. Um, and in that Game Seven, he stopped like sixty-four shots, and and expected his goals against were like seven in that game, and he gave up three, like. And expected goals are pretty much like for sure going in unless the goal is incredible. Like that's, that's really what, what that means. And I mean, it was unbelievable. He almost stole the whole fucking series for them. The Calgary flames deserve to win, but nonetheless, um, Jake Ottinger, you have nothing to hold your, hang your head on and Dallas stars, James, you're Dallas stars. They have a goaltender now, baby. They have a fucking goaltender. Bro. They start off the year with like four different names and Andre yeah. wasn't one of them and Andre <laughs> prevailed. That was crazy. I, I don't know if you guys saw that game seven, but holy. I, oh, yeah. It, that that Ottinger was just unbelievable. I almost hey, to I, be real, I, though, I do want the Oilers to, to offer sheet just to just to try and get him somehow. But I don't think they're going to. But I'd love for them to offer sheet um, just to just to just to um, cause some chaos. And on the other side. The LA Kings pushed the, um, put, actually, I'm sorry, the Oilers pushed the Kings to game seven. Um, and in the last two games, game six and seven, we saw a man possessed in Connor McDavid. Um, Connor McDavid willed his team to the, to, the, to the next round. I mean, it was really the Connor McDavid show and everyone else was just living in it. Um, and, you know, he ended up, he has 14 points in this first round, most in the, most in the, um, in the playoffs so far, which is, you know, kind of expected considering, um, you know, he had the most points in the entire league last, uh, this past season. So, um, it is very interesting. We have a very, very deep, very good Calgary flames team playing against an Oilers team that just saw that, that has, you know, some of the top, some of the best top talent, but the, 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 the depth beyond that is, is a little bit shaky. And I want to ask you, James, what do you think wins the goalie battle here? I mean, I know that you're a big uh, Mike Smith guy, 
Uh, Jacob Markstrom had his had his own pretty pretty great series, um, but I, I he didn't get tested as all that much, and he let in a little a little bit in, interesting goals. But um, you know, Mike Smith had to really step up for the for the Oilers here. Um, so how, who do you think wins the goalie battle? This is the easiest question you've asked me thus far. The answer is Mike Smith. And you had, you had said something about it earlier, and you had kind of hinted at it. Mike Smith was tested heavily. The Kings' offense was actually putting shots on goal and shots that were meant to go in. And Mike Smith came out on top. I mean, one of the – this shouldn't have gone seven games, right? It should have been six at the most. Mike Smith made a mistake. Mike Smith had Domino's send a pizza right down the middle, and that's on him. But after that, he rebounded and figured it out. He's been tested, and he came out on top. Markstrom, on the other hand, come on, bro. Like, the Flames did not beat the Stars. The Flames beat Jake Ottinger. I say that because there was virtually no offense for the Stars. Like, watching that game was making my head just explode because I was like, what are you all doing? The Stars <laughs> get, the, get the puck and kind of just toss it in front of the goal, hope that it gets the goal. And more often than not, it gets blocked. They don't cycle. They don't do anything with the puck. They're just getting it to the zone. And hopefully, hopefully it gets to where it wants to go. There was nothing going on offensively for the Stars. The Marksman stats looked phenomenal. 1.53 goals against average, 943 save percentage. But, bro, with, with how many shots? Like, there was very minimal offense from the Stars. Your numbers look great because you were not defending against anything at all. It was bad to watch. The Stars are bad offensively. They're great defensively. They have a great backstop. But damn, bro, like Marksman could not back there and he could have the same amount of numbers. <laughs> like, cool. You are not tested at all. Mike Smith was tested. You're now you're going to come against an Oilers team that's hot. A Connor McDavid that scored five points in the last two games. A Leon Dreisaitl that has an ankle injury but is pissed off and will still play to forever. And so much depth scoring that's not coming out of the Oilers. What are you going to do, Marksman? Are you going to play the same way you play against the Stars? Because the fact that you even let it get to seven games is on you. Ooh. You should have been able to stop all those goals. Like, there was it was nothing. There was nothing there. Wow. Markstrom was not tested. Markstrom was going to get absolutely just fucked this game by the Oilers. It's not going to be close. Wow. Markstrom was not living up to anything. Wow. Holy shit. Uh, love, I love to hear that, but uh, it, those, are, those are fighting words. Um, <laughs> I love it, though. Tyler, um, you know, we saw Johnny G. He, Johnny G has had issues in the postseason, and he's really he's really come out. I mean, he has eight points in seven games. He's really he's really showing what what Johnny hockey is all about. Um, what do you think it's going to take? What do you think the, the Oilers are going to need to to shut down the, the top line, but also find a way to 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 beat this Calgary team who is, let's face it, is deeper than the Oilers? Yeah, I mean it's going to be a tough task. I, I, you know, I don't think uh, Johnny G believed he even got that game winner with that freaking ridiculous angle that he shot it at. Uh, but he's Johnny G, and he, and he makes it happen, right? Um, yeah, I, I do think the Flames depth wise are certainly better, but I mean the Oilers' ceiling with the players they have is definitely higher than anybody other than maybe Johnny G on on the Flames. I think if the Oilers stars are playing their best, which they did against the Kings, they're going to win this series. Um, if we see any kind of dip from McDavid, Dreisaitl, uh, Kane, uh, those guys that, 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 that are their dogs, they're going to be in some serious trouble. So, But I, I have no reason to suspect, especially Connor McDavid, that he's not going to do well. And I also believe Leon Dreisaitl 
played very well against the Calgary Flames during, during the regular season. Um, it, it, was, it was one of his better teams that, that, that he played with. Um, obviously, regular season, you can kind of toss it out the window. Uh, we've seen that already in this series. But um, if the Oilers, Stars, their top three guys, top three or four guys play like their top three or four guys, they will win this series because I think their ceiling is much higher than any guys on the Flames. And I love that. Um, I will say this, the depth scoring for the Oilers did show up a little, uh, did show up enough to, to win the series. 12 different Oilers skaters scored a goal in the opening round, which that's, that's good enough for me. Um, that's good to hear. Um, and a, a, some of it came from the back end. Um, the back end, Chris Tanev being out is, is, is a worry for the flames for me. Um, I, you know, you, you really need that to, to solidify the back end. Um, um, this is going to be guys th- this, this series is going to be insane. I mean, this is, this is, this is where you're going to see the hardest hits. You're, you're, you, you see the you see the fans at their craziest because these these two cities fucking hate each other. Um, you're going to see crazy plays, cra- a lot of hits, um, and just straight up meanness. And if you're and if you're and if that's the kind of hockey you love to watch, you need to watch this series because it is ju- that every bit of the, is it going to be like that. And at the end of the day, I think the Oilers are. The, they're not the deeper team, but when they, for some reason, whenever we play the, the, the Calgary flames, we, we, we get up for these games, we get up for them. And I think that's huge. Um, James, who do you have in the series? Well, it's in five. In five? In five. Holy shit, dude. Wow. Okay. Uh, Tyler. Yeah, definitely not going to be in five, but I do got the Oilers moving on. They're going to win in seven. I'm going to have to be different. I think the flames take this in six. Um, and I say that as a, as a realist Oilers fan, um, look, the the flames are just a deeper team. They, they, they are, they are a better team through and through. Now we do have Connor McDavid. We do have Leon Dreisaitl at 75%. The funny thing is my fiance asked, Kylie asked me, she's like, I told her, I'm like, oh, he's, uh, Dreisaitl's definitely hurt. And this was, uh, this was a game he was playing really bad. And she's like, well, is it better to maybe play someone else? And I'm like, nah. Leon Dreisel at 75% is better than any of the Kings players that besides maybe Philip Deneau that could have possibly that we could possibly put out there. There's no one better that we have that could uh that could play against that Kings team. That Tyler, that Kings team, man. You you better be excited. You better be excited. I'm um, excited. At the end of the day, <laughs> even Wayne Gretzky does not see um does not see uh the Oilers, his former team moving on. Uh, I, I just worry about the depth uh, as much as I hope you guys are right. And I'm going to pray you guys are right. Um, I, I have to go with my gut and I just don't know if we can make it past six games. I would love that. Um, I know that probably makes me a bad Oilers fan, but I'm, I guess I'm trying to trying to be a realist as a TLDR podcast mate. So um, with that the expectations low and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a lot more expectations for round one, my expectations for round two, just, if, if we can make it a series, I'll be happy. I, I will be ecstatic if we move on. Um, what, a, what, a, what a way, what, how amazing would that be? Um, the best part, guys, James in particular, Tuesday and Thursday of the week we are um, leading up to the wedding, we will be in the Airbnb washing together. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, Tyler, if, you, game, game. if you're game, around game, on game. Thursday, maybe we could do a little watch party um, on Thursday after the wineries um, and we could, we could have a lot of fun. That'd be great. Um, guys, um, that it, that's all we have for hockey. Uh, we have, we have four great series that are, that are uh, coming up here starting tomorrow. Um, the Kings and I'm sorry, the Oilers and the flames start on Wednesday. So I'll be definitely um, obviously tuning into that. I'm going to be tuning into all these series. They've been absolutely amazing so far. Um, 
we want to thank you guys. Um, you know, we, we, we love doing this. We're, we're two episodes, or I guess uh, now we're going to be one episode away from uh, hitting that 100 mark, um, which is going to be very special for us. At the end of the day, we just hope that our podcast isn't, isn't as bad as the Cincinnati Reds. Doesn't seem like it is because we continue to go. But nonetheless, we hope we hope it's not. And if it is, please let us know how we can make it better. If if you if you love it, please, please subscribe, like us, give us some comments and push back. You know, maybe maybe I'm an idiot. Of course, I'm an idiot. Um, but tell me why I love I love to I love to um, to spar with you guys um, until next week. Please, uh, please have a great week. Watch all these sports. They are fantastic. The NBA is going to be electric. The NHL is going to be electric even in the second round especially with those matchups um and the mlb is, is is amazing watch those angels they're actually pretty fucking great this year except right now uh but it happens we could, we could we could have a couple you we're not the reds okay no i'm, not. I'm just gonna throw that well, i'm just throwing the reds under the bus all all podcasts yeah. but that's okay <laughs> that's, that's fine um they did it to themselves yep. so um until next week please have a great week um and um you know, pay it forward